Hello out there. This is Ryan Jensen, pastor of Lawrenceville Presbyterian Church, and welcome to the LPC Pod. This is for Palm Sunday, March 28th, and here we will preview this Sunday's text from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. So let's begin this podcast with the reading of the Bible story. Um, I used to do this at the very end. Uh, it was recommended, you know, it might be more helpful to do it at the beginning. So, so let's do that. Let's get into it. This is from Mark's Gospel. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately, as you enter it, you will find there a colt that's never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David, Hosanna in the highest. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Here ends today's story. So here we are in the last Sunday of Lent, which is Palm Sunday, and that means that we have come to a Sunday where we really need to accomplish two things with what we just read. First things first, we need to allow for the celebration where we wave the palms and remember that which is called Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And you think about this, you know, it's always a fan favorite with children, including my own, where everybody grabs the palm branches and kind of waves them at the beginning of worship, you know, the call to worship, the first hymn, we're waving the branches and having a good time. But then there's the second thing. The second thing that we need to do is to remember that this triumphal entry is really a misleading term. As Jesus, you know, think about what he's doing. Jesus is entering into the lion's den where his last days will be played out. So once upon a time, it might have been the case where churches were filled on Thursdays and Fridays of Holy Week those being the days of Monday, Thursday and Good Friday, where the Last Supper, the crucifixion and the death of Jesus would have been remembered. But those days, if they ever existed at all, are long gone. So again, we try to remember on Palm Sunday that Jesus's entry into Jerusalem has a darker side, a darker side that leads to his torture, his execution and his death. So what we can't do here is go from kind of one mountaintop experience to the next, from Palm Sunday to Easter, without teaching and remembering and preaching that the resurrection only comes through the cross of Jesus. 
there was a dark valley and that darkness is the cross and the cross we cannot just allow this to get lost in the midst of holy week and the darker side of today's story it's filled with a kind of in-your-face treasonous act that is well planned out what do i mean by that well jesus knows exactly what he was doing and why he knew the kind of reception there would be and riding into Jerusalem as though he were a king and being acknowledged as such, well, that would have been in direct opposition to those who rule the cultural, religious, political landscape of ancient Jerusalem. Jesus's fame had been growing in the Gospel of Mark, and as early as chapter 3, we're told that the Pharisees and the Herodians were already plotting ways in which they could destroy Jesus. And to be sure, Jesus knows this. Three times in Mark's Gospel, he predicts what will happen. Each time, Jesus adds more detail. So this is the third and final prediction of his death before riding into Jerusalem, where Jesus takes aside the twelve, and he says to them this. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him, and after three days he will rise again. So again, Jesus knows exactly what will happen when he's riding into Jerusalem, and the question might be, Were the disciples listening? Do they have any idea? Or was it completely lost on them, not only the first or the second or the third time, but just through the collection of Jesus's predictions, did they ever really understand what Jesus was saying? So back to today's text in Palm Sunday, what is it that Jesus is doing here? Well, taking a look at it, Jesus is creating what some have called carefully scripted street theater and is drawing upon the prophets in doing so. So going back to the prophet Zechariah, listen to this. This is from chapter 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you. Triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall command peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. So again, if you want to zero right in on the donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, it's right there in Zechariah 9, 9 through 10. And what does that king, that king who's coming triumphant and victorious on a donkey coming to do? Well, he's coming to establish peace peace to the nations. And I think it's also worth noting that in that same in those same two verses you've got kind of this direct opposition from the foal of a donkey to what will be cut off, which is the war horse from Jerusalem. So again, Jesus is the humble one as opposed to the warrior who will be riding on that larger, more intimidating horse. Moving on, a few chapters later, we get to Zechariah 14, which says this. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. 
On that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives, which lies before Jerusalem on the east. So here again, you've got a little bit of foreshadowing in terms of what Jesus will do, the setting where Jesus and his disciples are located. And again, Jesus is reaching back into the prophets to script out what will happen on the day when he rides into Jerusalem. And so you think about these chapters from Zechariah, and we will touch on a few other sources of what Jesus is doing and why uh, when he enters Jerusalem. But first, let's go back and take a look at the other Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and John, what they're saying about what happens after Jesus enters Jerusalem. So in Matthew, you've got Jesus who comes in on the donkey. There's the palms, the cloaks that are spread out. And immediately after that, we read about how Jesus becomes angry and he overturns the tables of the money changers. Going over to Luke, um, in Luke's gospel, right after Jesus rides in and that parade is kind of comes to a close, Jesus is encountered by Pharisees who demand that the whole thing come to a stop. Jesus then goes into the city and we're told that he weeps over it. And he says, if you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that would make for peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. In John, the Pharisees are mentioned there as well, troubled over the crowds who continue to testify. But in Mark, Jesus looks around the city and then he leaves. So again, you've got the parade, the parade is over. Then Jesus just kind of walks around by himself, looks around the city, takes a look at the temple, and then leaves. It's as if the parade and the celebration were really short-lived, and then just kind of everybody went back to their own business, allowing Jesus to wander around unnoticed. Again, he's not being encountered by angry Pharisees. He's not becoming angry himself and flipping over the tables of money changers, but rather he is really just kind of seemingly alone in what takes place afterwards. Okay, something else worth pointing out with Palm Sunday. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those three Gospels, they use some combination of cloaks and leafy branches. They might refer to cloaks, they might refer to leafy branches, or both. But in John's Gospel, this is the only one that mentions palm branches. So going to John's Gospel, which is wildly different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, we hear this. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So again, only in John's gospel do we have any mention of palm branches specifically. But thinking about this whole thing with cloaks and palms, where does this practice come from? Well, if we look back in 2 Kings, we'll find some references to Jehu or Yehu, who was appointed king over Israel. And there we're told that uh, the crowds went out and they took their cloaks off, their outer coats, and spread before him on the bare steps. And from 2 Maccabees, which is a book that may or may not be in your Bible, depending if it contains the Apocrypha or not, uh, it says this. Now Maccabeus and his followers, the Lord leading them on, recovered the temple and the city. And when they're doing this, they tear down the altars. They tear down the things that had been built up to worship other gods. And then later on, they go on to celebrate it. And in celebrating it, they're doing it with rejoicing. 
and they're carrying ivy wreathed wands and beautiful branches, but also fronds of palms. So we find that in 2 Maccabees as well as 2 Kings and other places in the Old Testament. So with Palm Sunday, how are we to commemorate it? Thinking about Jesus riding into Jerusalem and the statement that he is making and the ways in which he is doing it, again, reaching back into the Old Testament to bring some of these things forward to make the statement that he's making. How are we to commemorate it? Do we do it with celebration, joy, and gladness? Do we think of Palm Sunday with humility and thanksgiving, remembering the gravity and the importance and the significance of the cross? Or maybe a little bit of both of those things. Okay, and here's a big one. Are we bold enough to ask ourselves where we're located in this story and in the story of the passion that follows? Are we the ones who are shouting Hosanna? Are we the ones who are crying crucify? And thinking about the sins of today, in what ways are we still shouting Hosanna or crucify? Where are we located in the story and what is the significance for our lives today? So those are some of the questions that I will seek to answer on Sunday. And that sermon will be available to you in person uh, for those who are feeling comfortable attending, as well as via Facebook Live and on YouTube soon thereafter. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you or hear from you soon.